What do I need to make myself the healthiest person so that I can be there for others? When you really forgive yourself and you look within, you will say, this, this body is worthy of treating well. Whatever happened in your past, like, let go. Like from here on today, decide that I want something else and I can rewrite my story. Today on Within Us, moving from self-critic to self-coach with Coach Miriam Burzon. Welcome to the show, Miriam. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So tell us a little bit, first of all, about your journey in becoming a coach. So I grew up in a very happy, healthy, athletic home. My parents, my father was in the trials of the Olympics in Russia. He was a discus thrower and um, he ran track and um, he was very athletic his whole life. And my mother became more athletic as an adult, but she plays tennis. She does Bikram yoga. Um, my father was the health center manager of a Jewish community center in Memphis. So my brother and I grew up playing every sport. I was very involved with basketball, tennis, gymnastics. I was on the gymnastics team at the JCC. We traveled. Um, I was lucky to have access to so many sports. And I was in this home. My brother played tennis um, religiously from like age four. As I told you, he's ranked um, in men's 40s today in California. Um, it was just a big deal in my home, and um, I guess we were naturally athletic and then also were involved with sports, and it was encouraged, and my mother loved to cook. She still does, so we always had a variety of healthy food and actually cooked food in the home. We didn't really have a lot of packaged snacks, so when you wanted to grab something, you grabbed a fruit or a carrot or actual food, so like I feel like today... Uh, my kids run to pretzels or, you know, a lot of processed things that I, I'm trying to cut down. Um, but then I just feel like there were a lot of healthy options in my home. And um, that was important to me. And um, my mom was a good role model for healthy body image. Both my parents, um, nobody was thin in my home. No one is terribly thin, but um, everyone's strong and athletic. And um, there wasn't so much of a focus on how, how thin we are, just more how healthy we are. Um, looking good is not, and what I was taught and model, what I saw was that looking good is not just how you look in your clothes. It's how you feel physically, how you feel emotionally, um, spiritually, health is, um, is health is more than just one thing. It's comprised of many components. So I saw that in my parents, um, and I just yeah. So I want to I want to back up just for a moment. If you if you can tell us a little bit about who you coach and what types of issues they bring to you. So I know that when I met you, you immediately, this is a few years back already, immediately radiated energy and confidence, self-confidence and positivity. And I know that's something you help people with. And I know that from speaking with you in the past that the clients that come to you oftentimes have both like an external physical and an internal 
emotional desire to really boost up their energy, think more positively, become more confident and courageous in their lives. Do you want to speak a little bit to that in terms of like, what are the issues people are bringing to you? Yes. Um, for the most part, it's been women with um, either self image issues, confidence, um, wanting to get married or find a job. Um, but what it usually boils down to is self-confidence and self-love because when that is strong and you believe in yourself, you can pretty much accomplish anything. So that's where we go to. We go down to the core. That's incredible. And, and thinking about your background and the way that you were raised, you were talking about your parents were both really athletic and your mom focused a lot on making sure you had um, a lot of nutrition in the home. And in terms of like instilling you with confidence and also instilling you with this desire to coach, how did that, do, do you feel like your parents did particular, had particular strategies or were those strategies that you picked up along your journey? So it's interesting. My mother is different than me. She, she tells me that as a child, she wasn't very confident and she was overweight and she was insecure about that. And she says that her confidence came at a later age. But for me, I don't know why. It's just kind of something I was born with. It's something that I just kind of innately had. Um, and, you know, so it's not necessarily genetic. I don't really understand the, the origin, but I, what I do know is that my parents went through a lot to their immigrants. And um, I was born in Italy. I, was, um, I came to America when I was a few weeks old. I, my parents struggled a lot when we were kids just to make it, just to, to, to make money, just to provide for us. So as, as I mentioned to you when we spoke, um, I, I think that life was more about just, I don't want to say surviving, it wasn't that bad, but it, there was more of a focus on like what you need to do to be successful and to, to get by. And there wasn't so many extras. So I think that we were more focused on truth. When we continue, Miriam's going to talk a little bit more about truth, as well as some strategies that we can use in our own lives to take care of ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually, as well as strategies that we can use to think positively when it's not always so easy. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Kesher Video, a production company that connects businesses, organizations, and institutions with their audiences through cinematic videos. Kesher means connection, K-E-S-H-E-R video in Israel, the United States, and abroad. Kesher videos are absolutely gorgeous. They are the best of the best. Kesher serves large companies, international organizations, universities, hospitals, technology companies, and so much more with high quality video of every type. Check out K-E-S-H-E-R video and mention within us for a special promotion. And now back to our interview with Miriam. It sounds like you took a lot of action. Yeah, yeah. We were we're very much doers. Both of my parents were like, they were, there was nobody else for them to depend on. They didn't have any family. 
So they made it happen and they wanted to give us a good life and opportunities that they didn't have in Russia. So they knew they had to work hard to make it and um, school was important. So they pushed us and um, I don't know. I think I had just very straightforward, honest, hardworking, good, stable parents. And somehow that combination helped me a lot. That's incredible because you definitely radiate so much confidence. And I know that this is your specialty in terms of helping women in particular. Do you work with men as well? So far, I haven't, but I have a man right now that I'm about to start working with. So I'm incredible, to... incredible, because we all need we we all need that motivation and that and that inspiration. So flash forward to year 2019 and where you are now. How would you describe your mindset as a coach and the specific thinking skills that you use to coach yourself, coach others, and also impart? with your students and clients? So for myself, there are times where life gets stressful, having four children and a very busy husband. And I, I do various things. I try to start every day with setting out an intention and um, goals for myself. I take a few minutes even though it's hectic and I have to get up flying, get everybody out to go, get myself ready. I take a few minutes just to breathe, just to calm down. It's a form of my own meditation where I just say, okay, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm grateful for my life and it's going to be okay. I'm going to have a good day. So I decide to wake up with um, a plan and to put a smile on my face and greet my children with joy instead of stress, which is easy to do in the chaos of life. It's um, easy to greet them with stress in the chaos of life. Yeah. Okay. So you're so in terms of the breathing, you feel like the the breathing activities that you do are actually helping you to be more joyful. Yes. So I do them myself and I do them with my children and my clients and friends. When I see that someone is stressed. I will say, can I hold your hands? You know, if they're comfortable, if I'm comfortable holding their hands and, and I will do like three consecutive deep breaths in and three deep breaths out. Just the act of breathing deeply. That's it without saying anything is very centering. And um, it brings oxygen into your body and it calms your mind and it allows you to stop stressing out or thinking of the thoughts that you're thinking. So that is a very powerful exercise, just breathing. I think it's so incredible now that we have this research talking about what these seemingly simple breathing exercises do for our body chemistry and how they can literally shift the way that we are feeling physically and also even thinking. So I love that. And I think that it's something that our listeners, if they haven't tried yet, can really benefit from to start being, doing the self-coaching. Uh, and I loved what you posted on Instagram, by the way. If, if you're not following Mary Matt on Instagram, highly recommend your pictures at the beach with your girls and teaching them the breathing. It was really beautiful. Right. So I was going to say that for children in particular, uh, and we all do this, but sometimes kids get very worked up about something and they go on a rant about why they're upset and crying. And I've seen other people do it. I've seen it online. Uh, just 
stop them in the middle of like a rant and hold their hands and just say, you know, Rafi, whatever your child's name is, can you just breathe with me? And just, it stops them in the moment of a panic or a stressful moment and just reminds them to just take a breath. It calms them. It's, it's calming for everyone. And it really works with kids as well. Incredible. Incredible. The power of, of breath. So, so that's part of the mindset that you have as a coach in terms of you're waking up and you're doing the breathing exercises, centering yourself. Are there right. other techniques that you use? So there's a technique that I find crucial for, for everyone. And um, it's called the ABCs. Um, there's a few kind of steps that, it, that you take. So in a specific situation that happens with another person, let, um, there's A, there's the action. So somebody says something um, or someone does something. And then there's B, there's the belief, how you interpret what they do or what they say. And there's C, the consequence or the action that you take. Um, and then there's the response that you have to it which is like D, ABC, D, and then E. And then the, the response is like the, um, the emotion that you have as a result of, your, of the belief you have. And then E, the emotion that you feel if you change your belief. So I'll give you an example. You walk, uh, okay, let's say you, you, you get to work and um, one of your coworkers just doesn't say hello to you. And you kind of agreed it, not greeted, and you feel like, I just walked in. Why can't she say hello to me? And you feel really bad, like, oh, why is this person just ignoring me? Um, and then your belief is, oh, she doesn't really like me. And then you feel really, that consequence is you feel bad about yourself because you feel like that that person doesn't acknowledge you or doesn't like you. Um, but then what you can do instead is you can have a different belief or a different emotion about it. You can say, you know what, she's probably just preoccupied and stressed about something in her particular situation. And that change in belief or perspective about the situation brings about a different emotion in you. Because now you look at the situation and say, you know what, it wasn't about me. It was about her. And I don't really feel bad because I know that it wasn't personal. So if you can employ that in throughout your day with various things that happen to you or interactions you have with people, instead of jumping to the conclusion that it's personal or that, that um, someone is upset with you or angry at you, if you change the perspective or the belief you have about what just happened, you can change everything. You'll change your thought about the situation, which will affect how you feel and then it will affect how you behave in response. So I love that. So it's action, belief, consequence. Action, belief, consequence. Consequence, right. And then and there's alternate okay. belief, alternate emotion. Okay. So I feel like that's so helpful because it's so normal. And I think that, you know, a lot of research is coming forth about this. And I think it's so important for all of our listeners to really internalize the fact that it's so normal to have these automatic negative thoughts and to have automatic self-deprecating thoughts and, and to think that, oh, so-and-so didn't answer my email. You know, maybe she's not interested in, in having coffee with me next week, or maybe she's not interested in pursuing this proposal or, you know, kind of going negative automatically when in reality, okay, that email is going to come through in a week and she's on a vacation or she's mm -hmm. busy 
her kids or whatever it is, you know, people are, are busy, they're busy with their lives, they're thinking about themselves and, and, and it's, it's so, it can be so liberating to explore those options. So I feel like this ABC is, is really awesome because it's easy to remember, we can implement it. Mm-hmm. Are there moments that come up in your day where you, you remind yourself like, okay. Yeah, for sure. I actively, I actively do this. I, something happens and it's, it's a instinct to think, oh, why'd that just, why'd she do that? Why'd she make that face? Why did he say that? Ooh, you know, and then right away, okay, it's not about me. And the truth is, even if it is about you, you could still let it go. You don't have to react and respond to everything. And by letting some things go, you can free yourself of extra tension and stress that you don't need because you don't need to re- respond to everything. Some things are just better left, just just left. Um, just let go, just mentally let go. I mean, what does that process look like for you? Well, breathing is very important. Um, there's another part of this where I'd say learning that it's not so important what other people think about you. It's important how you make people feel. So if you do something that directly hurts someone that you love, it's important to care about their feelings and to check in and make sure that you're treating your your loved ones and other people with respect. But other people's opinions are really not your business. All day long, people think things about you and about everybody else, but you can't let that get to you because that then you could spend your whole life worrying about what everybody else thinks and says, but that's not what's important. So I actively use that. And I, and I, I'll give you an example. If somebody says to you, Oh, I really don't like your blue hair, but you don't have blue hair. You're not going to respond because it's not The person's not speaking to you or it doesn't apply to you. So you have to treat what someone says to you that's that's negative as if it doesn't apply to you. So whatever they think about you, unless they're directly telling you something that's a consequence of a way that you made them feel and they're doing it with respect and they're not just trying to hurt you, but they're bringing up an issue, then that's different. But if someone is saying, I don't like that article you just wrote, if they, if they care and they want to help you and it's, it's coming from that point of view, then you know, you could say, oh, I would love feedback. But if someone's just trying to hurt you, then you have to just turn away. They're right, not- I love that. It makes a lot of sense to me in terms of like differentiating between, okay, is this happening for me? Like, is this, is this, is this commentary a gift? Is somebody giving me helpful feedback, constructive feedback so that I can live my purpose more effectively? Or is this just negativity? And if, if it's just negativity and someone's working out their own issues, okay, I can breathe through this, let it go and stay focused on my path. Right. I love that. I love that because so it much. Usually is, it usually is the other person's issue. It's usually yeah. not about you. It's about them. Right, right, right. We're, so, so, so use that example and try to say, this isn't about me. This has nothing to do with me because I don't have that. I don't have blue hair. I don't um, have that problem. So that's not, it's not my concern. Right. It makes a lot of sense. And, and those ABCs are really great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to come back to that. So mm-hmm. I think this would be like a natural break in terms of a space to talk about meditation. So I know that you and I have spoken about meditation before and I really appreciate your take on it because I feel like you've been in the world of meditation now for like 
20 plus years. And as much as you've learned about it, you've practiced it, you have a very practical way of implementing meditation techniques in your own life so that you're not like, you know, sitting on a mountaintop all day, you're engaged in the world, you're a busy mom, you're a busy working mom. And yet you find ways to bring meditation into your life. Now, it's really important to me to talk about it because I think it's such an important skill. And I know that there's been a lot of recent research that, you know, there's these deep breathing techniques we were speaking about, and even 15 minutes of mindfulness meditation each day have the capacity to help us be more positive and not get stuck on those negative ideas that we have. Maybe someone thinks this or, or hanging on to guilt or um, negative ideas, pain, anger, frustration, just a short 15 minutes of mindfulness has the capacity after a week to help us shift our thoughts into more positivity. Now, I know that you've been doing this for a long time. So I'd love to hear specifically from you, like what your process has been and, and how you implement that. I know you, you, you coach yourself and you, you put these practices into play. So if you want to share with us a little bit about what that looks like, I think that could be really helpful. So I have one example of like when I started meditating and then I saw the power of doing so. I took a class in college that was um, meditation through exercise. And uh, we had to think of a goal and, uh, you know, an exercise or sports and fitness goal that we had. And mine was to do a six mile run in the Central Park in St. Louis. And um, what we did was we actually ran through the run or the whatever goal that we had, the sport, the fit sports and fitness goal that we had. Uh, our teacher led a guided meditation with us and we ran through whatever goal that we had and envisioned the details of how we'd accomplish this goal. So I saw myself doing the run and all the landmarks that I would be passing. Um, and I just worked through it in my head. And then when I actually went to do the run, I found it to be so easy. It had been so familiar to me because I had ran through it in my mind. And I saw the power then of mind work. And um, so much of it is just is mental. You know, can I do it? Will I have the willpower to keep going? Um, how can I make it? But if you, if your mind is convinced that you're capable of doing something, then you can. So, so this is something that is used with athletes before they go out to, to compete and perform is um, their mind has to be ready so that they can have the mental focus and the, the clarity and the preparation to do it. So that's when I first saw how powerful meditation was. And um, So you set the goal of six miles, you did the meditation visualization in your mind of you actually going through the course, and then, and then you, you, you succeeded, you accomplished it? Yeah, I, I ran it and I really, before I had been running three or four miles, I had never run more. So I didn't know if I could do it. And it was like, I'd done this visualization and I made a decision. This was my goal. This is what I was going to do. And we did it a couple times and I did it and I found it to be relatively easy. So, um, and I have other examples. I'm on a women's basketball team. And um, one, one time we were on the way to kind of a far trip to Yerucham to play there. And one of the women on my team, I noticed that in practice, she would be really good and she would get all her shot, most of her shots in. And then when it come game time, she would 
get stressed and overwhelmed by the, the pressure and miss most of her shots. So I spoke to her on the bus um, about mental focus. I was with a friend of mine who also did the course with me and um, we both were speaking to her just about mental focus. And she said she doesn't want to get hurt. So she, you know, backs away and doesn't try as hard. So, so I said, you can not be as aggressive, but be focused, be there in your mind and let go of everything else. And you're there just to play. So we ran through different scenarios in the game and we spoke about that and she was amazing. She scored so many points that game and I saw the power of coaching again with sports, but with any goal, um, it's, it's mental clarity. So I think that meditation is so important because it allows you to clear your mind from all the, the thoughts that circle and the, maybe the negative, um, the self-criticism that comes into your head that says, I can't do it, or the stresses you have in, in work and, and something with a, you know, let's say a personal relationship can come into your head and, and, and um, it can uh, break your focus. So before any important event, activity, let's say um, you have to speak publicly, it can really help you if you have a few minutes where you just meditate and you practice stilling your mind, focusing on your breath, realizing that you're here right now. This is the moment you're living in, not five minutes from now. This is here right now. It, it awakens you and helps center you. So essentially what you're saying is that you can dedicate a few minutes to focus, closing your eyes, focusing on your breath, and just letting the past, the future, any thoughts that come to mind, just, just kind of let them be and physically refocus on closing your eyes and what you're seeing, the sensations of your breath. So Miriam, for anyone who hasn't done this before, is there a specific guideline you could give them just to try out this, this breathing or meditative practice on their own? So one thing I do for myself to help me clear my mind, because as we, we all experience, sometimes it seems difficult. Like how can I relax when there's so much to worry and stress about? So I envision myself in a dark hallway with no windows, no light. So it's just pure darkness. Nobody is there. Concrete stillness. And it's like there's nowhere for my thoughts to go because it's just pure stillness, um, darkness. And I just let go of everything. And then I breathe. And all I can hear is my breath. So that helps me get into that space for meditation. Um, and I wanted to share something that I love that Eckhart Tolle speaks about. He's, uh, and the reason it's so important to meditate and to be mindful of right now, he says that life is happening now. It's not happening in the past and it's not happening in the future. And we don't know what the future holds. And if we're always living our life for some future moment, when are we actually living? If everything is about what will come, 
when does it actually come? When is the moment that we're living for? So we need to realize that each moment is a present. Be in the present of this gift, the present moment. Um, so, so that's one of the reasons that everyone's talking so much about meditation and why it's so good for us, because it forces us to be alive. Not always think about other things, but we're here. Wake up and realize that we're here, and that's a gift. I love that so much. Like knowing that we can have a thought and that we don't have to be in that thought. We can re-engage with our breath, with our physical sensations and bring ourselves back to now, which is always happening. We always have now. Right. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, I know that you're planning some upcoming sessions and, and you do a lot of different types of coaching do you want to share with our listeners just for a few minutes about what what's on tap for you and what you offer your clients yes um one workshop that i'm working on now um is how to deal with stress in a daily in our daily chaotic lives so various tips including the mindfulness the meditation i practice yoga regularly i'm a real believer that yoga helps with calming and breathing. Um, I've talked about this and where it's very popular, the, the concept of gratitude. Um, just taking time to say, look at my life, look at all the blessings I have. You know, um, We can always look at things that we don't have and say, oh, this person has that house and this person has those children and this person has that job, but we're each, an individual, nobody is like us, no one has our life and we will never have anybody else's life. Just appreciate what we have and focus on the good. When we focus on the good, we let go of the negative. Um, so, so various workshops, um, so far I've been doing them with women, but I'm open to doing them with everyone and um, continuing work with clients on um, self-love, self-confidence, how we can feel more secure with ourselves and um, focused on what we want to achieve because we know that we can get there with self-belief and self-love. We can achieve anything we want. You can have everything, but if you're not actually living in the moment, you're not actually appreciating what you have, what is it all for? To me, the basis of all of this is is connecting to yourself because when you connect to yourself you're like okay what is all of this purpose of life like why am i here i'm here to understand myself and be the best version of me i can be i can't even begin to understand myself and connect with myself if i don't let my brain calm down from all the noise okay so that calming and that the whole point of it is just to be like huh this is me i'm here all these thoughts are not me they're like driving me crazy who am i who is my soul so that's like starting we have to start with this grounding of like i'm here i'm alive and only when we can like completely relax ourselves our mind then we can have like focus on this like appreciation for my life and then hashem gave me me what am i here what am i what can i do so eckhart tolle says the inner purpose of each of us is just to realize that we're here and just to be grateful for like being here, just connecting to ourselves, okay? 
The higher level is actually realizing what our talents are. You understand some people are talented and they're living their talents. They don't ever connect their talents to like their soul. Like this is why God put me here and this is who I, this is who I am. I think everything you're saying is incredible. And I think of the quote in, in Pirke Avot, Ethics of Our Fathers, which asks the question, who is rich? One who is happy with his lot. Yes. But our lot is this moment, this moment. What are we born to do? Who are we? You know? Totally. Thank you so much for joining me today on Within Us, Miriam. It's really been a pleasure and a joy having you here with us today. Our listeners can find Miriam on Facebook or on Instagram. Her name is spelled M-A-R-I-A-M-B-E-R-Z-O-N, Miriam Berzon. And I will put her Instagram and her social media information in the show notes today. You can reach her there. You can also find out more about what I do on Facebook by joining Beyond and Within All Things. That's Beyond and Within All Things. It is a private Facebook group. And we really focus on personal transformation, inspiration, and support. It's a really special group with people from all over the world. I think we're on five continents now. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about my work, you can check out my new book, Beyond All Things. It's available on Amazon, and it's now available as a download from my website, which is my name, azrielajankovic.com. And that is going to be in the show notes. I'll spell it out for you a little bit long. A-Z-R-I-E-L-A-J-A-N-K-O-V-I-C, azrielajankovic.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Also want to let you know, if you are a female and you are in Israel, I have some new masterminding and accountability groups opening up right now during the lunch hour. You can reach out to me for more info on that. And if you're interested in masterminding and accountability and you're not in Israel or you're not female, that's fine too. You can drop me a line. I love masterminding and accountability. So a little bit about what these two things are. Accountability is a really powerful system in which two or more individuals set goals and keep each other accountable. So the way I like to do accountability is that we'll set a longer term goal. Perhaps it's a year, a year goal or a six month goal or even a two month goal. And then we'll break down that goal into parts and we'll set benchmarks and we will figure out exactly what we need to do in order to achieve those benchmarks. So that is a process based on research. It's, it's called setting distal goals and proximal goals. Talk about that a little bit in my book. But essentially, what we've learned from research in education and performance is that when we set goals in the short term, we're much more likely to achieve the goal that is set for the long term because we're able to maintain motivation. So it's also really fun. Like research aside for a second, it's just so much more fun to work towards a goal when you have the support of a team. I have worked with clients as well as accountability partners. And I know that when I finish something and I send a text or I make a phone call 
and I have someone cheering me on, it's just really awesome to know that I have someone by my side. And in the process of writing my book, I partnered with Dr. Robin Owens, who was on episode two at the beginning of the season, and she's incredible. She is finishing her book on purpose right now. And when she and I first sat down, I was halfway through my book, and she was just starting. And I'm telling you, the rate of progress was expedited so incredibly. So I really believe in accountability. The other component to the groups that I run is a masterminding. So one of my favorite quotes, also how I open my book, says, who is wise? One who learns from all. And it's a quote from the Ethics of Our Fathers, Pirkei Avot. And you know, it's an interesting idea to think about the fact that everyone around us knows something that we do not. But how do we access that information and how do we optimize our opportunity to learn from everyone? Well, a mastermind is exactly that opportunity. It's a circle in which we sit in a structured environment where we talk about what's going great right now, where our successes are, what's slowing us down, and what's stopping us, and where can we use the advice, the feedback, and the help of people around us who may have skills, abilities, and knowledge that can really be utilized for our projects and our purposes and really increase our impact, increase our creativity, and really move us forward in all that we're doing. It's awesome, it's social, it's beyond networking. You know, it's not this networking where you're getting a name and a business name and a referral. It's like a deep way to connect with people, to really understand who they are, what they do, why they care about it, why it's so important to them, and get to know people. It's, it's the best. It's awesome. I love it. So if you're interested in accountability and masterminding, check in with me. If you need some tips, I'm also here for you. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for being here all within us.